sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic with our guest, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do that is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined on the phone today by Ken O'Gork. Hi, Ken. Hello, Chris. Uh, it's good to have you with us. Ken is, uh, well, I'll, he's going to explain who he is in a minute, but Ken's going to be talking about his story. If you've listened to Ignition before, you know that every now and then I like to ask my guests, what's your story? So I'm going to be asking Ken, Ken, what's your story? And he's going to tell it to us today on Ignition. Uh, basically, I think as, as Ken and I were talking before we started uh, the show today about aspects of his story that I think you as listeners will find really compelling. The key word or phrase, Ken being Ken had a nice little phrase, an attitude of gratitude and what difference that makes in terms of living a life of fulfillment. So it's kind of going to be what you'll hear is Ken's sharing um, his journey of faith throughout his life, um, the the importance, the role of gratitude in that. If you've never listened to Ignition before, though, again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. That's in eastern, basically eastern South Dakota is the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, Been in that role with the diocese since, since, since 2002, been in the role as husband to Jermaine since 1999. She's from Ohio. I'm from central Minnesota. Um, All five of our kids are born and raised here in eastern South Dakota, eastern Sioux Falls in particular, to be exact. Ken, would you mind, again, we're going to be talking about your story the entire episode today, but just a a quick snapshot of who you are today. Sure, Chris. Yeah. Um, So as Chris said, my name is Ken O'Gork. Uh, they call me the director of catechesis for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, my, my role with the Archdiocese involves evangelization and discipleship initiatives of various sorts as well. Um, so uh, I've been with the Archdiocese for about 13 years, uh, and for 10 years prior to that, I worked for the Diocese of Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, where my bride of 28 years, uh, Melissa, is from. So, uh, so I'm Melissa's husband, and uh, Melissa and I have three kids. And, uh, yeah, um, I, you know, I'll have a few other things to say about my life, I suppose, as our, as our episode goes on here, but those are kind of the basics at this point. Well, if you don't, this is going to be the shortest episode of Ignition that I've ever recorded, so I hope you have one. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's start, Ken, um, by, and, and I mentioned this to you before, I, I don't think I've ever asked um, we've known each other for, I think, over, over, over 10 years at this point, met each other well over 10 years ago now, come to think of it. Um, but I've never asked before sort of the ancestry, uh, Ogoric, what kind of a name that is, where where your family, at least along dad's side, comes from originally. So what kind of uh, uh, heritage uh, does Ogoric point us to for you? Sure. You know, it's always good to learn new things. And so so people listening to the broadcast or, or the podcast, you didn't know this already, I, I'll tell you, Ogoric is actually a Polish vocabulary word. It's the Polish word for pickle. Pickle. Um, for pickle. And I always, so I always tell people, if you're ever stranded in Poland, just say Ogoric, Ogoric, and you'll either meet <laughs> one of my relatives or someone will hand you a cucumber. Uh, or if, if you're having a great day, it'll, it'll be both. It'll be both. There we go. De- definitely Polish. 
So, so I'm, I'm in such a pickle that you know, I'm in such an agoric. You could, right? Okay. Yeah, so, all right. Yeah. Very good. And and the other thing, um, uh, just as a way to maybe launch you into sharing your story, um, <clears throat> discerning listeners, particularly by by way of the radio here in the Upper Midwest, might hear just the the barest hint of 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 uh, maybe an Appalachian twang um, coming from your voice. Can you just tell us where you're from, and then I'll let you sort of go 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 from there. Yeah, that, that's it's interesting, Chris, because because a lot of times we're not aware of the of the uh, you know the 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 dialect or the accents that we might have. So so I I, I often think I grew up in South Bend, Indiana, where wow. everyone has perfect diction and, and, and everything <laughs> yeah. perfectly, you know. Uh, yes. So yeah, I I grew up in I grew up in Northern Indiana, South Bend, Indiana. Most people know it as as the place where where Notre Dame is. So I could. I could see the Golden Dome from my swing set. There we go. You know, if I swung high enough when I was a little kid, I could see the dome above the tree line. So, so Northern Indiana, and I have to tell you, Ken, you and I met because, uh, uh, well, for we met at, I guess this is where I'm going, at Franciscan University of Steubenville, which is um, in the Ohio Valley, right on the border of Ohio and West Virginia, south of Youngstown, Ohio, about an hour. Um, and I remember when I went to Steubenville to complete my undergraduate education, I too thought that the way that I spoke was was the way that, that this is how the TV people sound. And boy, did I find out pretty quickly that, oh no, that's just not how it is. So, so I know, but I'm, but listen, this radio show is being broadcast to my native land in Minnesota. So for all of us, you sound like you're from the deep South. That's all I'm saying. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, with that is with those questions out of the way, just share us with a little bit, you know, maybe maybe overarching themes, and then feel free to jump into your story wherever you like. Sure, sure. You know, for me, Chris, when I think about my story, my life, um, um, there are a few key, key words and phrases that that bubble to the surface for me, and, and certainly one of them is is gifts, gifts. Mm. Um, I feel like my whole life, at least my at least my adult life, um, but even even before that, it, it's been an ongoing process of trying to be aware of what God has given me um, in terms of of any abilities, you know, meager though those might be, uh, opportunities, whether they be educational or professional, just just being aware of the gifts that God has given me and finding a way to put them to use. Um, in a way that does at least two things. Number one, hopefully is helpful to people in some way. And also just on a practical level, uh, sort of helps keep a roof over my head. <laughs> and of course, as, as I got older, you know, my, my family's head. So, uh, so every, every specific thing that I've done as an adult, every job I've ever had, it's really always been with an eye toward, you know, taking gifts that God has given me and, and, and putting them to some use, you know, usually pretty directly, but, but even at times, uh, maybe trying to develop a gift, you know, as a part of that process. So I haven't, I haven't done the same thing for a living for my whole adult life, especially when I was a little younger. You know, I definitely tried a few things, um, in my twenties just to, just to explore some, some possibilities. But as, as I mentioned in the intro now for, for over 20 years, I've been blessed to do, uh, church-related work, you know, in the areas of teaching the faith and 
really sharing our faith in Jesus with discipleship initiatives of various sorts. Awesome, awesome. So let, let's go back to that swing set uh, in uh, in South Bend, Indiana, Northern Indiana, to seeing the, the the top of the Golden Dome when you got high enough, as you said. So were you, you raised in in a Catholic family? And so I mean, you talked about just this this awareness of gift gift being one of the key words of your story. Um, is that is that something that was there from the beginning for you? Did it come later? Tell, tell us a little bit about the very beginnings of your story. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. My, my childhood, I feel in many ways was a, was, was a gift. Uh, again, not perfect, but, uh, but, but I feel very blessed to, to that God sent me, I guess, to the family that he sent me to. Uh, so yeah, I was raised in what, what most people would describe as a, as a devout Catholic family. Mm-hmm. Now, now my parents approach to the faith wasn't necessarily super cognitive or intellectual. You yep. know, they're, they're both they're both very bright people, um, but you know they, they they I don't know that they ever studied the faith uh, uh, in depth, if you will. Uh, but nonetheless, just intuitively, uh, were drawn to its truth and beauty, and and yeah, they raised us they raised us to be to be practicing Catholics. So I do I do consider that a you know a great blessing, and and I'm and I'm glad that God God blessed me with I guess the grace to retain you know retain that faith. Uh, for, for my whole life. Amen. Amen. So, so mass going every Sunday, praying for meals, reading script. I mean, there's, there's, as you know, from your, from our work, there's a whole spectrum there. I mean, to what degree, so, so they sort of lived that life. What sort of explicit practices of the faith um, were done in the Agoric home as you were growing up? Yeah, we we were very steady uh, in in living out the faith. It was just kind of part of the fabric of of our of our family life, you know. So so yeah, going going to mass was just a given, you know. Um, I, and I never, I don't really remember ever even resisting or arguing. Uh, you know, I was a little ornery. That might surprise you, Chris. So I don't know that I was always the best behaved kid at mass, you know, especially when I was little. But uh, but but we, you know, we never missed mass. Um, certainly prayed before meals. I, and I remember a lot of the faith uh, practices I remember were related to the liturgical year. I, you know, definitely Lent. I can remember going to Stations of the Cross, you know, um, followed by benediction and adoration at our parish. Um, and then really all the uh, sort of the social dimension of parish life as well that, that might not be directly faith-related, but it was just part of it was just part of the air that you breathe, you know, growing up in that kind of a family. So whether it would be, you know, bake sales at the parish or fish fries, pierogies, or, 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 or the scout truth. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, we, 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 you know, we live the faith in a very, just a very steady, um, just a very steady way, you know, you know, it was kind of an anchor for us as a family. So one of the sort of transition points um, in all sorts of ways as we're, we're maturing physically, emotionally, mentally, but also spiritually is, is high school, of course. Um, and, and that's a time when the baton sometimes gets struggled to, to be passed well um, to, to our children or from our parents to us. For you as a high schooler, I mean, is, there, is this a time when maybe personal prayer started, or was that already there, or was that yet to come? I, I sort of see that as, for many people, sort of, it, it's with 
taking the prayer life to another level beyond what what I do with mom and dad. That's oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes um, in sync with when there's just an overall deepening of and and that baton becomes passed fully. Yeah, I was. I I guess I was a little bit of a late bloomer in terms of a of a relatively deep prayer life. Um, so so in high school and and even to some extent in college, I didn't waver from my basic practice of the faith. You know, um, and again, I consider that a great blessing. Yep. Um, but and, and, but so I didn't waver from the basic practices of the faith, but my prayer life was pretty. My prayer life was pretty basic. You know, you, you know, I guess you could call it superficial, but but it was there. You know, um, and again, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily the best behaved person at all times. You know, um, uh, but uh, but I never I never wavered. Uh, you know, just just my faith was a part of my life in high school and, and and into college. It was really only it was really only I guess as a young adult that that I feel like, like the faith really started to get deeper in the prayer life, you know, in the sense of having that disciple relationship with, with Jesus got deeper. Super quick, super quick thought though, you know, one of the earliest things that I, that I pursued as a career was I, I decided I did want to teach religion um, in a Catholic high school uh. in part, in part because even though I didn't necessarily have a whole lot of turbulence necessarily during those teen teen years, um, I, I guess I was I guess I was observant enough to know that that was a tough time for for a lot of for a lot of um, young people. So I wanted to do something again that I that I thought would would make use of of some of my abilities, but but in a way that maybe helped high school age kids in particular make that transition. I guess from a from a childhood or childish faith uh, into something maybe that would sustain them more more deeply through adulthood. Great, great. If you're just tuning in, this you're listening to Ignition. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, your host, talking today with Ken Pickle Ogoric um, about. <laughs> oh, uh, I found out at the top of the show if you didn't, if you if you tuned in since then that that's what Ken's last name means. It's Polish for pickle. Um, Ken is a good friend uh, from grew up in South Bend, Indiana, just sharing his story today, um, and and a key word that that we'll hear. Get, well, gratitude uh, is a key theme. And we're seeing that already in terms of gift, uh, Ken's desire, um, throughout his life, just to, to, to share, to nurture and share the gifts that he's been given by God. So Ken sort of touched on growing up home and we're getting into young adulthood, but I want to kind of turn it, turn it back over to you, the control stick back to you. Where do you want to take us next in your journey of faith? Well, maybe just a, a a little a little uh, a little side thought that kind of that kind of bridges uh, sort of those younger years and, and and really the rest of my adult life. Um, I uh, when I was an infant, like a newborn, I, I had I had a condition that's that's not all that uncommon, um, and of course it has a fancy medical name, but but it's basically it's basically where the muscle that controls um, the the ability of food to enter your stomach. It's, it's, um, constricted, um, in a way, in a way that, um, really just, you literally can't keep food or even, even liquids, uh, to some extent down. Mm. Um, and, and it's, it's very easy to correct surgically, you know, even, even in the mid 1960s when I was born, even in a newborn, 
in, in our day and age, it's very easy to correct surgically. And so, and so it was corrected, but, but I, but I, you know, it dawned on me a, a long ago and it sticks with me. If I had been born, you know, even just a few decades earlier, you know, um, I might not have lived, you know, much beyond yeah. a few days or, or, or a week or what have you. So, so I think about that. And, and also, um, I had a, I had sort of a temporarily crippling uh, bone condition when I was a, when I was a kid. And, and again, there were treatments for it. It, 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 it turned out okay. Uh, plus, uh, Chris, I, I think you and I share this trait. I'm pretty darn nearsighted. Yeah. Um, so, so I just, I just think to myself, you know, again, if I would have been born in a, in a different time, a different place, I might not have lived. Yeah. <laughs> and if I had lived, and if I had lived, I, I probably would have been a bit of a cripple, and, and and I probably couldn't. I could probably barely see the nose, uh, you know, in in front of my face. So, <laughs> so all of that, though, it it fills me. It fills me though with a sense of gratitude that mm. you know, every every day on this side of the grass uh, is a bonus for me, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and I just need to be grateful. I need to be grateful to be alive. And, and just to, just to, to be able to walk, to be able to see. Um, and, and again, what do I do with all that? You know, you know, how do I show God my gratitude for, for, for even those blessings? Um, uh, so yeah, that's kind of a, that, that in some ways that's a tone that kind of sets a tone for my life, you know? Right. Um, I, I, what I'm struck by the, I, um, have you ever re- so listeners one of a uh, uh, kind of a classic book of sort of theology but written so that the the average Catholic can understand it is Frank Sheed's theology and sanity Ken have you ever read um Sheed or, or that book in particular I should say I have not um but it's interesting you're you're not the first person who has who has mentioned who has mentioned Frank Sheed and and, and one or two uh, specific books of his to me. So I have a feeling I need to, uh, put that one on my, well, on my reading list. Don't feel too bad, Ken, because I bought that book about 25 ish years ago, read the first 10 pages and then put it on the shelf about until about three weeks ago. Um, I, 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 I was, uh, I had recommended it to somebody. I'm like, I should probably read this myself. Oh, that's right. I never really got far into this. And one of the things that he talks about, well, he's, he mentioned something that, that what you just shared in terms of just this, this attitude of gratitude um, reminded me of. It's one thing. So Ken, I know that God has given me everything that I have. The fact that I'm existing right this moment and this moment and this one too, um, I'm aware that, that that's because he is um, giving me everything, even my own ongoing existence. But what I love about just the way, just the, the tone, the way that you're speaking about it is it's one thing to know it, but I can know, I know a lot of facts, but it's another thing to really see that and to live that way. And I, what I just love about th- this that part of your story, again, which is sort of the theme, as you sh- shared earlier, um, you, you're, you're embodying that awareness of gratitude, um, that attitude of gratitude in a, in a way that's attractive to me. I, I, in this way, at least, I want to be more like Ken. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be to live in a way right, where because yeah. again I know that's true, but but you live that out. I can tell, and and not just because I know you, but just even this podcast, I can tell that you live that out, that you embody that 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 attitude in a way that I don't, but I desire to. So if nothing else, thank you from me for that. You bet, you bet, and and you know, Chris, um, when I sin. When I when I fall, um, oftentimes oftentimes it's it's because I'm I'm not being mindful of yep. you know how how grateful I should be and how I should be living. Because certainly, you know, it's funny if my if my wife and kids were were listening to this and they probably will at some point. You know, they would probably chuckle and say, "Well, gosh, this doesn't sound a, a lot like the Ken that we know." Because <laughs> uh, I'm not. Uh, and, and all that is to say that I, I'm, I'm not like Mr. Jolly 101% of the time. I mean, I, I might get grumpy for, for a minute or two every four or five years um, <laughs> or so, but uh, so, so, so I don't, I don't want to give the impression that, that I'm, that, that I always live up to the level of gratitude that I should have, Sure. but, but it is, it is kind of a guiding, it is kind of a, um, a guiding thought and, and feeling and grace for me. Um, yeah. And I think it, you know, I, I do, you know, people will comment sometimes on, you know, gosh, you seem like a pretty happy guy, you know? And, and of course those are always opportunities as, as St. Peter says, to kind of to give a reason for hope. Um, Amen. And, and, you know, ho- hopefully that leads to conversations, not about me, <laughs> but about the source of, you know, the source of my joy How about him, you know, the source of my blessings or gifts, right? Amen. Amen. If you're just tuning in, this you're listening to Ignition. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, your host, talking with today with Ken O'Gork about his journey of faith, his story, um, and, and as as he as he predicted, promised, and foretold, the key word is gratitude and its sibling gift. So, Ken, we've got about six minutes uh, left. Time flies when you're having fun. What what other aspects of your story do you think um, our listeners here in the Upper Midwest and and beyond by podcast uh, would be interested in well i i think this is something that 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 pretty much everybody can relate to because while on the one hand we've been talking about many many uh positive things right i'm grateful for my family of origin educational opportunities work opportunities mentors i'm very grateful for my for my wife i'm very grateful for our children but here's the thing um i have crosses in my life Mm. uh just like every person does. And, and I think where it's kind of a gut check when you're, when you're praying and you look at those crosses and, and you sort of have to try to find some gratitude to apply to those crosses. Right. Right. Um, um, and in a way, maybe that kind of comes full circle on our conversation that, but yeah, I, I like to look at what God has given me in terms of, of, of gifts and abilities and what have you and try to make use of those. But can I, can I, can I take the crosses in my life and, and, and try and ask God to help me to make some use of those as well, you know? Um, so I, I think that's a good thing to, to talk about while we're on this topic of, you know, not only my life, but just, uh, but just, uh, being grateful to God, you know, cause, cause Jesus, Jesus didn't try to hide it from his disciples. Right? He said, if you're going to follow me, you have to take up your you're going to have crosses. So can we be, can we be grateful for those crosses, even as we're dealing with them? Right. 
but can we somehow find gratitude for those and, 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 and try to try to use them in some way in our life, you know? Ken, you're just reminding me of something. This is kind of like a, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> one, of our, one of our practices at the Bergwald House as far, part of our family prayer every night, um, we, we say what we're thankful for. And at the end of that, so I might go and I'm thankful. Uh, tonight I might say I'm thankful for my conversation to the ignition with my friend Ken uh, and for this and that and the other thing. And at the end, Deo gratias, which is Latin for thanks be to God. Deo gratias, and then yeah. everybody else responds, amen. And I'm just remembering that where, where, we, where, where Jermaine and I, my wife and I got that, is we heard a talk at our parish years ago, years ago, from um, an, uh, an Italian priest who was the nep- nephew of Padre Pio. And this, wow. this Italian priest said that, that his uncle, Padre Pio, St. Padre Pio, um, would, say, would say, for everything that happens, say Deo Gratias. The good, the bad, yeah. say Deo Gratias. And, and that, that's how it became part of our, I forgot now, that, but that's how um, Deo Gratias, giving thanks for the gifts that we've been given each day, became part of our prayer because of that, going back to Padre Pio, the thanks, not only for the good things, but we should also be giving God thanks for the difficult things, as you said, the crosses that we've been given, um, which yeah. is very, very counterintuitive. But as you said, our Lord said, take up your cross daily and follow me. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. we got about so, two and a half minutes left, Ken. Um, I, I just cut into your time. I'm sorry about that. No, no. Hey, this is a conversation. <laughs> and, and, and again, yeah, no, you and I have known each other a long time, and we don't get to, we don't get to visit as often as we should. That's right. So, uh, so uh yeah um and it's interesting one one of my favorite um Padre Pio uh I, I guess one of my favorite accounts of 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 an instance in Padre Pio's St. Padre Pio's life and I, and I and I don't have time to tell the whole story so so the gist of it is um a guy was mocking him one time because he had heard Padre Pio has had the stigmata so so the guy was saying show me your wounds show me your wounds and Padre Pio just very peacefully uh uh, looked looked deeply into the eyes of the man, uh, and they happened to be in a church uh, uh, near a confessional. Padre Pio looked into his eyes, and he he simply said, "Show me your wounds." Um, and he walked. He beckoned the man into the confessional, um, and the man who was raised Catholic and had kind of drifted from the faith uh, made a heck of a confession that day. Wow. Um, so so you know, again, we, we, you know, I, I try to be a grateful guy. I know that I'm very blessed in a lot of ways. And I try to, I try to live up to, I guess, what God has given me. Um, and, and, and when I look at the crosses in my life, you know, uh, I just try to be as honest as I can about them. You know, we're all wounded. We're, we're wounded by original sin and we're wounded in other ways as well. But, but let's just show that all, you know, God wants us to bring it all to him. And, and he'll, you know, if, if he, if he, if he doesn't take the wounds away for, for reasons only known to him, uh, at least he, he can, he can give us the grace to, to sort of use those experiences to, to grow in holiness and hopefully to, to help others grow in holiness as well. That's beautiful, Ken. Thank you. Thank you for, especially for at the, I mean, you and I are both, obviously we're, we said we're married and we're, we're both laymen. Uh, we don't, we don't give, we don't give her homilies or sermons, but, but that was a great little, little sermon you shared there right there. Thank you. You bet. You bet. <laughs> so, so folks listening to Ken's story, as I, as I told him just a moment ago, I'm, I'm 
grateful, pun intended, I guess, um, just for, for, for his story, because it reminds me not just of the, the importance to be grateful, but more that, that it's possible to live that, again, attitude of gratitude in a deeper way. I mean, if, if you, like me, listen to Ken, it was just clear that he lives that, maybe not perfectly and not literally maybe um, every, every second, every minute, but he lives that deeply. Ken, thanks for being on Ignition today and, and sharing your story with us. It is my pleasure, Chris. God bless you and bless all your awesome listeners. Thank you. You as well. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.